Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the world. And then, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. And my name is Tony Clement. And, you know, I always say this at the beginning of every show <laughs> that we've got a, an excellent guest. And it, it is true. And we've just had a, such a roll of amazing guests week after week. And I think that's what's... Uh, elevated us into like elite levels of podcastery yeah you know it, joe joe rogan has come calling and wonders <laughs> wondering what our secret is yes well we <laughs> often get emails i hate to mention them on the show but we get frequent emails from the hurly burly email yeah, saying what's true. the secret how do you do it and uh i just delete those but anyway yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're not going to get our secret sauce it is what it is yeah um yeah. Got to thank John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions, of course, our presenting sponsor week in and week out. Uh, this show doesn't get on the air without their support. So thanks to Municipal Solutions. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. And Tony, I know that uh, you can share a little bit more detail and roll into a couple of our other sponsors as well. Absolutely. Well, again, I also want to thank our presenting sponsor, Municipal Solutions. They're great for development services and project management, such as... Development approval, uh, permit expediting, planning services with the municipalities, engineering services, architectural services. If you have a minor variance or land severance issue, they're great for that. And of course, building permits, you go to municipalsolutions.ca. And we also want to thank the Magnify Video Widget. If you need crisp, clear, and secure video collaboration your way. You can embed and customize the Magnify Video widget on your own website in minutes or run from your own browser on the Magnify app. It is easy, it is secure, it is Canadian-made video collaboration. Visit magnifywithanI.io or you can find them also on Twitter at magnify underscore io. And how can we forget... Our exclusive partnership with looneypolitics.com. It's a wonderful site that collects articles, videos, uh, just basically political content and puts it all in one spot. And it's like a one-stop shop for all. You can actually get a 50% off your subscription, your annual subscription, by using the code PODCAST. And when you do that, you're going to get exclusive access to that content, including never before heard shows from and another thing so it's, uh, it's exciting you can do that at looneypolitics.com and we certainly thank them for their support as we continue with that exclusive partnership with them and so we'll have go. another exciting guest for them this month yeah, are we allowed to say who it is, or do we, no, not do we not even tell people? Do we tell <laughs> no, people? <laughs> well, I have to still uh, confirm the actual time and uh, date of our interview. So you know how I am. I never like to pre-advertise until yeah, you've yeah, got no. it in the can, you know? Yeah, we don't want to brag, but it uh, it's Obama. We yeah, weren't going to yeah. say much, but it's Obama. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, now you got to work on that, by the way. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'll put that. I, I wasn't invited. I was de-invited to his 60th birthday party. I was I was on the guest list, and then I was part of the crew that was de-invited after people got upset. Oh, jeez. You know, speaking of people getting upset, and before we get to our guest, I just got to say this off the top. I have never seen a more divided um, society right now. I've been watching 
Twitter and social media, which is probably not a good idea uh, for anybody. Yeah, but I've been following a lot, and uh, you get caught up in some of that stuff. But I tell you, uh, it is it is bad out there. And you know, I, I'm trying to look at the positive side of things, and and I know there are positives out there. But I, I there's a lot of people that are just in bad places now, and I hope that. Uh, I hope that things can straighten out at some point and maybe we can chat about that with our guest today. Yeah, but, I think uh, we can actually. I think that's yeah. actually a good subtopic and I do want to get into that with her for sure. So, yeah, so why don't you uh I'll let you introduce our guest. Uh, obviously the connection there and and uh, uh sitting in the same uh, area for for uh, some time and uh yeah, so why don't you get to it? Yeah, and I'd I'd like to if you don't mind Jody dedicate this program uh, to the memory of the honorable William G Davis who passed away. Uh, just uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, he was a big uh, part of my life. Uh, he was Premier of Ontario from 1971 to 1985 and um, left a huge legacy in this province uh, for education, for welfare, uh, so many different things. And uh, he was uh, a very, very decent man to me and to millions of other people. So uh, I wanted to to dedicate the show to him, if you don't mind. Yeah, 90, 92 years old, is that right? Yeah, he just turned 92, yeah. and uh, of course I represented Brampton in the Ontario legislature, and I represented his cottage uh, in the in the federal parliament when because he has a he, he had a cottage in Georgia Bay, so I knew him very well. And question, did, was there ever any family of his that ever ran or for office or anything? No. You know, the funny thing is everybody always thought that his son, Neil Davis, was going to run for uh, the legislature at some point. He never did. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I think they saw the toll that politics takes on their dad. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, that was the ultimate thing. But when I was uh, nominated as the candidate for Brampton South in 1995, Neil was my nominator. So I was very, very uh, proud of that. Yeah, probably carries a, just a touch of clout. with <laughs> A little bit. It helped in the in the contested nomination. Let, let's put it that way. <laughs> put it that way. All right, Tony, let's introduce our guest, and I'm excited for this. Well, uh, it is and Another Thing podcast. Great uh, privilege and joy to have as our guest, uh, Selena Caesar Chavan. Have I pronounced that right? You have, Tony. Yeah, I thought I had. I, I thought I had. She was the Liberal MP for Whitby from 2015 to 2019. She was Parliamentary Secretary to Prime Minister Trudeau in, from 2015 to 17. She resigned from the Liberal Caucus in March of 2019 and then sat as an independent. We got to know each other a little bit in that uh, period of time in our lives. This year, Jody, she published Can You Hear Me Now? about her life's journey, overcoming adversity and finding one's voice. So we would definitely recommend that to our Thingalonians out there. She's also a senior advisor and lecturer at Queen's University, and she has been and is an advocate for mental health, equity, and justice. Welcome, Selena. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me to the And Another Thing team here. It's exciting. We have a lot of distinguished... I miss you. Like, we've, we've... Cross paths only a couple of times since we've been together. I know. Let's let's get together for lunch or something. We should actually we do that. We should. We should. Okay. I will follow up on that. And uh, in the meantime, you're not off the hook when it comes to the podcast. And uh, it is such an honor because we, uh, Jody, we, 
Selena and I got along really well in Parliament. Uh, I know that would maybe shock a few people, but uh, <laughs> I just had so much respect for her. And mm-hmm. I hope uh, even a modicum of that on the other side was was possible as of well. Of course, of course it was. So could, could I just, I, I just want to set the tone for a little bit of your life. And, you know, a lot of people know you from Parliament, but that's just mm-hmm. a segment of your life, obviously. And I wanted you to tell our listeners a little bit about your childhood and how that shaped you. Yeah, you know, I had a really, I had a really interesting t- childhood. I was, uh, I was, I came to Canada when I was almost two years old, um, and uh, was originally left behind in Grenada by my my parents. So coming back, which is not uncommon when you know parents leave the Caribbean, they come, they try to settle things out, and then you know they bring their children over. But it really caused a lot of tension between my family and I. I was, um, I was really a. Tr- no, I wouldn't say troubled, but I was, I got into trouble a lot. And I think my childhood, if I could fast forward a little, really helped me sort of think about what kind of mistakes people make, how people, you know, live sometimes and are one sort of mistake away from like the really big trouble that they could get into and um, really sort of grounded me in my life as as an entrepreneur, as a parent, as a politician, as so many other things that I, that I became, um, because I, I realized that, you know, second chances are so fundamentally important sometimes. Do you have from all of your experiences, you know, the, the, all the rage right now is rules for life. Do you have some rules for life that you had followed or learned as a result of adversity that you would recommend to other people? Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I get this question a lot in a different form. You know, what would you tell your younger self, you know, kind of thing. And my rule is just is to live. You know, Tony, like if you follow all the rules, most of the time the rules weren't made for us anyways, especially when we're talking to women or people with intersecting identities, like the rules weren't really made for us to be honest. Um, But if you live your life following all these rules, you don't really live. And I I would say to people like live your lives. One of my mantras is when I die, Tony, I want and Jody, I want at the on my tombstone to say all she had left to do was die. Like, I actually want to live my life fully, completely, um, with nothing left on the table. And yes, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess things up. You're going to, you know, not do things that other people are going to be pleased with. But that's called living. And so, you know, my rule is to live. Yeah, carpe, carpe diem. Carpe diem, seize the day. That's why I'm called triple C, seize the day. Seriously? (laughs) No, we just made that up. We baby. just made that up. Okay, you had me going there. Jody will tell you I'm all. I always get. Uh, uh, I, he he has a he has some sort of joke for me, and I always fall for it every single time. Right, Jody? <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> um. So tell us uh, how and why you decided to run for public office. Yeah, you know what? And I think this is an important question um, because last night I was, you know, we were having uh, drinks at our neighbor's house. We have patio drinks every every night. Um, and he said to me, you know, you went into politics because, you know, for issues related to the black community. And I said, no, I didn't. 
I said, I, I went into politics and my original framework to the prime minister as his parliamentary secretary was around a national senior strategy and a national brain strategy. Because before getting into politics, my work was I owned a healthcare based research management firm and I worked on neurological conditions uh, research. Right. And Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, epilepsy across the age continuum. And I saw the disparities that existed, especially for our senior population, but especially when we weren't making the investments required in brain research, which of course is the last frontier in human discovery is, you know, actually discovering what is going on with our brain. So getting into politics was really around forming some kind of equity around our seniors and ensuring that we had adequate investments in brain research and therefore policy around the brain. You know, that's an interesting perspective because mm-hmm. uh, I, let, let me say it this way, and maybe I'm saying it slightly improperly, but and please correct me if I am, but you are a role model uh, for women, uh, for the black community, uh, more generally as well. But mm-hmm. l- let me, let me say that at least. For sure. And, and, um, is that hard? Because, you, you know, you have your own thoughts and you have your own projects. Uh, how do you, how do you be a proper role model in these situations? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. Cause, cause clearly I like to cuss and, <laughs> and sometimes I'm not role model material, but I think being a role model in my humble opinion is being as authentic as possible. And that authenticity really has to uh, build people's trust in you. And when you think about trust and the research around trust is that you have you have logic. People know that you have the capability and capacity to do what you say you're going to do. You're authentic. You What they see is what you get. And you're empathetic. You care about people. And so... I, I, the, the capacity for me to build that trust that people know who, no matter who I'm representing, whether it's the people yeah. with me, black communities, women, people with intersecting identities, they have this trust in me that they know that what I'm doing is for the greater good. And it's not out of a self-serving, or at least, at least I hope they know that it's not out of a self-serving agenda, which right. is why politics, particularly in that, in that, system of that party was was very difficult at the end well, and i i do want to get into that i, I hope you don't mind but uh, no. obviously i i do want to revisit your time in ottawa uh, it must have been both exhilarating and frustrating maybe simultaneously or one after the other can you can you go through uh, how that worked for you it was exhilarating and frustrating because every moment of exhilaration had this sort of pause especially and if if people uh, don't know the story you know 2016 i felt tokenized as the parliamentary secretary to the prime minister that whole year i was excluded from very important conversations around investments in black communities in 2017 gaslit in 2018 and then left and sat as an independent in 2019 that's the coles notes version yeah but you know the exhilaration like you you were mentioning obama off the top i was invited to the state dinner but not invited to attend the state dinner. So, you know, I was invited to, like, you know, you can meet them, but you can't actually show up at the thing that we're going for. You know, there was this kind of, there was this kind of tug and pull and everything that I was invited to was really a black event, you know? 
And so it was, it was exhilarating because it was like, oh my God, I've never done this before. I've never, you know, attended an inauguration of a, of a president of, you know, a foreign country or a state dinner or an opening of a museum. But then at the same time, you get this very sort of sobering thought that, wow, am I here because I'm the black person? Like, yeah. what's going on? So there was that, that was, there was a, a definite tension that really made the first couple of years of politics extremely difficult for me. When uh, we were in power, uh, the uh, uh, our critics uh, sometimes referred because uh, the prime minister would make an announcement, and then myself and Ronna Ambrose or whomever would be on either side of him. We were called the potted plants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's kind of what you were feeling a little bit there. It's one thing to be a potted plant, but when you're in the back room or when you're when you're talking, you you are able to exchange ideas. Sure. So if you're if you're if you're the potted plant all the time, that's a different story. Or if you're not being tapped into for your clearly Tony and Jody, I'm smart. <laughs> I'm co-chaired national epidemiology studies, ran clinical trials. I'm I'm pretty smart. When you're not tapped for your brain and you're only tapped for your phenotypic um, characteristics, your your identity, your color, your your gender, that's where that's where you know. I just I, I don't think that that's that's fair. So yeah, and and I I agree a hundred percent. So I, an outside observer would have actually thought that you and Justin Trudeau would have been allies, would have been friends. So I, it, it, obviously there must have been a point of, of disillusion uh, when that could not occur anymore. Oh, I don't know if there was ever any disillusion. Um, first of all, you know, I, I think maybe he probably thought that we would be friends. I went in there on our first day and said to him very clearly that I wasn't interested in being at filling any gap, any racial or gender gap. Then this was in December 2015. I wasn't interested in filling any gender or racial gap in his cabinet. Right. Um, I was perfectly happy being the member of parliament for Whitby. I didn't need a title. Um, I needed, I, I was there to do work on behalf of the people of Whitby. And so right off the top, the tone was set that I was there to work. I was there to be a colleague. I was there to be a supporter. I was there to be someone that he could uh, trust. Um, but that never materialized. So mm-hmm. I knew right off the beginning, right from the top, that there was that I, I, I didn't think he was interested in in being friends. I think he was interested in having a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, when I when I I, I know you as a person, so I don't. This is not how I think of you because I know you as an individual, but others, mm-hmm. when they think of you, may think of also ex-liberals like uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott. Do you, mm-hmm. do, you keep in, do you keep in touch with them? Yes, all the time. I have a call with Jane in 26 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because you're both at Queens. That's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That but makes we're, sense. We're, we're friends on beyond that, and uh, we, keep, we keep very much in touch. And then Jody Wilson-Raybould, obviously, she's made the decision to exit Parliament as well. Um, have you have you had any discussions with her about yeah, that? No, I I did, and I, the message that I sent to her, I sent her a text message when I when I saw the news, and I said, "Look, 
I know you're tough. I know you're way tougher than me and Jane could ever have been, but this is going to be hard for you. You're leaving a job that you're, oh, I'm getting a knot in my throat just saying it. Yeah. Um, you're leaving a job that you love because you were essentially forced out of it. And I know what that feels like. And it's not fair. And uh, we just had a little back and forth about that because it, it really isn't fair. It's not fair that we got sort of, you know, sidelined because, you know, the emperor didn't have any clothes on. Right. Yeah. And uh, do you, is it easy? No, I'm going to, I'm going to say this stupidly, so I won't say it that way. It's it's, (laughs) no, but it's uh, people. uh, I mean, all of us as humans in that situation would become, it would be hard to fight off bitterness is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yes. So how do you fight that? Because you, you care about mental health. You care yeah. about mental wellness. So how, is it meditation? I mean, how, how do you deal with it? <laughs> I care about mental illness and I care about equity. Right. And right. so on both of those two fronts, yeah, I am. I am. I'm trying not to be bitter because I think that that's a, that's a, a separate space to be in, but I am angry. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and I'm hurt. I think that's the biggest thing is that, that I'm, I'm hurt by what, by what transpired over four years. And, you know, people say, Tony, well, you know, Selena, it's a politics is a blood sport and you have to like, you know, be cordial inside and try to make friends and do all this stuff. What makes you think I didn't do that for three years? Like, I want people to understand, like I had these conversations on the inside, this, everything blew up. People didn't really know about me before 2019. Things blew up in 2019 after three, four years of just banging my head against the wall with an internal machine. So I, I'm, I'm hurt about what I'm trying not to get to the point of, of bitterness. I do meditate quite a bit. I am on a very, very, very um, deep spiritual journey because I, I, I need to get out of that headspace because it, it can turn bitter. It can make me resentful and I don't want to be that way. Jody, do you want to jump in here at any time? Yeah, I was just, I mean, this is just a, you know, it's powerful, it's raw, it's real, it's authentic, and all those words that you had used, Celine. And I, I, right off the top, I just want to say I appreciate that. I think that the authenticity and what you're sharing comes across wholly. And I, I yeah, I mean, <laughs> we talked off the top about, you know, society being divided and Mm -hmm. toxicity of social media. And I've had this kind of like, I mean, I've, I've ran for office. I was an elected official at the municipal level. I've, you know, followed a lot of politicians and and what's happened. And I think we've kind of come to a a point in politics. Again, this is my opinion. I'd love to hear your thoughts. We've come to a point in politics where it is still a privilege to serve and it it is a great honor. There's no question, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm starting to come to the belief that people can do more outside the walls of government than within. And I, I, you strike me as someone who is going to be going to be known for what, what you did outside of government than what you did inside. And I would also say, I mean, you're not defined by your role. And I know, you know, this, you're not defined by your political role. None of us are defined by that, but I I just hear a lot of power. I, I, I think that there's going to be some big things coming in your life. And I'd just love to hear you talk a little bit about, you know, why is politics so toxic? 
Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to quote what I sent uh, Jody on um, the day that she she left at about 1.30 that afternoon. I said, um, you know, I said, our, cro- our paths crossed in this painful way for a reason. If we could figure that out, we could turn this tragedy in the commons into a triumph. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the things that are, are is missing here, and I'm actually embarking on a, my doctoral studies on this piece of research, is empathy. Yeah. And the fact that when we talk about, you know, a pandemic that has killed millions of people, um, with various forms of, of inaction, inequity, and not just racial inequity, gender, socioeconomic status, you name it. Um, we're finding in, in, you know, bodies of Indigenous children with climate change, geopolitical issues. At the heart of that, Jody, is, is how we care for each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we are building fences against our neighbors, how could we care about the tree that we're supposed to fight for for climate change? Right. Yeah. If, yep. if we are, if we're fighting each other, how do we have compassion to 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 fight for people who are stateless, who don't have a home, which are millions of people globally? Like, how do we do that if we do not have the empathy or the compassion, which is an extension of empathy, to fight for? Are the person that lives across the streets. Yeah. I How agree. do we fight for the grass? For heaven's sakes. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. And I think that, um, yeah, that's it. That you hit the nail on the head. In fact, I mean, just quickly too. I mean, I, I, we have a homeless shelter here in Belleville that myself and a team started. And the last couple of days I, I drive and visit all the time, but the last couple of days in the heat have been driving by and, you see there's literally 20, 25 people because it's a 21-bed shelter sitting outside at, in the yeah. heat of the day, and it's just, they have nowhere to go. And I just say, like, what what world are we living in right now yeah. in Canada where these people have literally have no home, regardless of their backgrounds and choices and addictions and all that stuff? There's many role, many things that come into play, but I just sit there and my heart breaks. Like, And I think empathy is, is that's key. And I'm, I'm, it's, I would say it's sorely lacking across the board. For sure. And across the border, too, I, I, saw, I just heard of this recent poll where Republicans and Democrats were asked sort of the same question, which was, what do, what do you think is the biggest problem in America today? And the number one response of Democrats was Republicans. And the number yeah. one response of Republicans was Democrats. <laughs> you know, if, if you can't even if you sort of if your reaction to covid and to January 6th and whatever else is going on in America is to hate your neighbor, that's yeah. never a good place to start. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So, Selena, you know, I, you know, we've been in the House of Commons. We've seen the highs and the lows. How would you counsel future MPs to behave better? Yeah. So I would say the lesson that I learned almost towards the end, um, which I really wish I capitalized during that time. And and you said right at the beginning, Tony, that, you know, people might think, you know, find it strange that we that we connect. I wish I made that public, you know, myself, Michelle Rempel. Um, there were so many individuals, especially the conservatives, <laughs> and there's some that I won't mention because I, I, 
I I've, I don't know if they'd feel comfortable with it, but there was there's a few conservatives that were just so kind and so and and were the ones that reached out and especially when I was going through a hard time in 2018 right and protected me and we just never made that public because we were all so afraid of you know what would people say if you know you're talking to Michelle Rempel or what would people say if you know you're talking to Tony or what would people say if you know you sent Tony a you know I I hope you're okay note you know when right. when things go down like why do we need to do that? Why do we need to hide our compassion, our, our, our caring for each other? Why? And politics does that. And there's that unwritten rule. And I would have thrown that rule straight in the trash because that's where it belongs. I think that's very good advice. And, uh, you know, I, and I should say that there were uh, liberals who reached out to me in my time of crisis, uh, you yeah. know, and uh uh, they uh, they did so because they care, right? And yeah. uh, so there's no monopoly on caring, I guess is what I'd say. For sure. Now, our time is coming to a little bit of an end, oh. but I, <laughs> I do have to ask you whether you have any thoughts on the upcoming federal election, which appears to be in the offing. Yeah. Um, so I've been saying that, you know, people are saying, you know, the writ's going to drop any day now, but... I don't think that it'll drop before anyone who was elected in 2015 gets their six years. Oh, really? And gets Interesting. Their yeah. So I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure JT <laughs> will do that to there's hundreds of people. So everybody that's, you know, Catherine McKenna, all of those individuals who say they're not running again, right. Are not going to get their pension if he calls it too early. So he's got to call it. Uh, so the elections after uh, mid October, I guess. Something, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. If it happens beforehand, wow, that's 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 interesting. Because uh, certainly the the deck chairs are being arranged. There is a uh, uh, Jody uh, sent me a text yesterday with uh, another three members of the government side who have uh, decided not to run again. I think Adam Vaughn was Adam one of them, Vaughn. right, Jody? Yeah. And yep. A yeah. couple others there. So clearly, I think people are making decisions. But, um, well, we'll just have to wait and see, Selena, as, as always. Now, now tell, before you go, uh, I know you're, uh, you were or are working to uh, assist in uh, uh, to, to deal with vaccine hesitancy. Yes. In, can you talk a little bit about that? I think that's really cool. Yeah, I'm working with the City of Toronto Task Force on that. And I mean, my role, because before getting into politics, I ran clinical trials. So, you know, I know a lot about the work that has gone into the vaccine, which has been years of, of, of research that have gone in. People think that the vaccine just showed up. That is not true. No, it's not true. No. But I, I provide information. What we want to do is not force people to get vaccinated, but provide informed, inform people of the right information so that they can have an informed decision about what they want to do. And um, everybody in my house has been vaccinated. I, of course, was hesitant right at the beginning and got the information from scientists and from people who are in the know and changed my mind. And um, I'm hoping that people could vaccinate so that we could, we could, we don't have a fourth wave, which is, we have to see what happens after the fall. Right. But we don't want that fourth wave to come. A lot of people are dying. A lot of people are very, very sick. I'm advising people to get the information that they need so they can make a choice for themselves and hopefully get vaccinated. 
Right on. Well, Selena, uh, Cesar Chavan, it's been an honor to have you on our program. You join a lengthy list of, uh, of uh, people <laughs> from different sides of the aisle. Uh, we had, we had uh, Charlie Angus on a couple of weeks ago and, uh, and uh, even Ed the Sock. So you're, you're kind of in, in that category. It's a good category, I think. Anyway, thank it's you. been an honor to have you on the program and oh, best of luck with everything you're doing. Tony, thank you so much. You've always been so kind. And I just want to thank you very much for having me today. Powerful discussion with Selena there. And man, yeah. yeah I, that, I, was, that was one of the most raw uh, guests we've had in terms of, you know, really laying it all out there, eh? Yeah, no, I was, there's not much to say other than I, like I said, we're on the on the show there, I appreciate her honesty and the authenticity. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, she talked about empathy lacking. I would yeah. agree. I think we're lacking authenticity too, because I think for the most part, and again, I'm, I'm painting everyone with a bit of pretty wide brush here, but I think for the most part, people want to further their own agendas in the political world. And I've, uh, I, I just, well, authenticity is not rewarded, Jody. That's the problem. No. If, if you become yourself, uh, and, you know, we all have our eccentricities, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, that's not rewarded. That That's the opposite of rewarded. It, it's condemned. So, you know, politicians learn early just to be very, you know, level and uh, don't emote too much and don't give too much of your personality out there. That's the lesson politicians learn. Yeah. And I, I have more respect for people that are themselves. Like, honestly, yeah. like I, and I fall into that category of like a politic I would have been I I'm I'm guessing if I had ever been elected into like federal or provincial office I would have been booted out or just left on my own because there's no chance I would have been able to own yeah, you could my head down and comply. Do yeah no I mean it's just not it's just not who I am and I you know I, I wouldn't have been able to do it so it's uh yeah that was uh that was an amazing amazing episode and I certainly thank Selena for coming on and uh yeah, I'm looking forward to big things from her. So. Yeah, no, she's a great lady, and we wish her well. Don't forget, looneypolitics.com. You can use the code PODCAST to get 50% off an annual subscription and get access to exclusive content like never-before-heard episodes of and another thing. So go check that out at looneypolitics.com. And, of course, this show wouldn't happen without uh, John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions. Uh, so you can find them at Municipal Solutions. .ca. And of course, the Magnify video widget for crisp, clear, secure video collaboration. Visit magnifywithanI.io. All right, Tony, we will do this again in seven days and looking forward to it. Are you coming down to golf soon or what? Yeah, I'm going to give you a, a couple of golf dates. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully the weather in August is a little bit less rainy and we can get out there on the links. All right. Enjoy the rest of your week. For sure.